welcome to a Crane Kick Commentary's special spooky celebration. Well, welcome to Crank It Commentaries. Welcome to a special spooky episode. Spooky episode. As always, I'm your host, Jake Domastro, and I'm joined by my good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. Are you... Uh, so, would, would you like to explain the spookiness and what we're doing here, if you didn't recognize what that song was? Yeah, well, if you didn't recognize that song... If you thought perhaps it was a John Carpenter song, then you would be, you know, that'd be fine because I think John Carpenter took some uh, inspiration from that material a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But, you know, uh, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, a film that is called The Exorcist. But that's not all we're doing, because we're, no. we're doing a Halloween special, and as you may have uh, uh, gathered from that, that amazing intro that Jake performed for us live <laughs> off the floor, um, uh, that we're going to do sort of a special three-week three uh, exorcist extravaganza here where we're going to cover... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to cover Exorcist 1, 2, and 3. Exactly. So now I realize there are technically other Exorcist movies. But I think there's <laughs> October will be over by then, so we're yeah, exactly. sticking with the three. Yeah, we're gonna do one a week until October's over. So that's the plan. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's five and a TV show. Right. If you, okay. If you really, but we won't be talking about that. Well, we might talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and I think they're actually making one just... now too that's coming out soon. Oh yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure about okay. that, but anyway. Right. That's not what we're talking about. It's tangentially related. It is, but... it is. We'll probably get to that yeah. at the end of the third episode, which will be the closest yeah. one to Halloween. Yeah. But, um, so, today, though, we're, we're starting with uh, the first one. And from what I gather, it all goes downhill from here. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the best <laughs> one. So, I mean, like, it'll be... Oh, yeah, and, and because this is, you know, this is a, a, a kind of a... a... We're going for a trilogy, even though, as you said, it's not actually a trilogy. But that's what we're no. doing. Um, there, it, and I'm sure, I, I think actually several people just don't consider anything except the first one really worth Yeah, watching. yeah, yeah. I think that's also true. But we'll get into all of that after today. Because yeah, as of right exactly. now, I don't think I've even seen the second one. No. So Well, I, I can't tell you whether or not you've seen it. You can tell me. I don't think I have. Right. So Okay. Well, we're you're in for a treat because from what I hear it's legendarily bad. Well sick. So there you go. <laughs> so but anyway, we'll get to all that. So the point is we're gonna do sort of a, a glancing blow of, of, of each one. So Yes. 
without without further ado, do you want to give us kind of a summary of what happens in this first Exorcist well, film? So I would be giving you a summary, only I did it last week. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? What are you trying to say? I'm saying you should do it. <laughs> I'll help you out if you forget anything. Okay, but, uh... let's see. So <laughs> okay, so you've got. How does it even start? Okay, so it starts in Iraq. Uh, you've got kind of. There's like one short scene before that, but yeah. I don't remember the short scene before that. Uh, let me just double check what happens. Uh. Yeah, okay, so there's one short scene right before the Iraq thing where you have uh, just shows a shot of, I guess, the streets of D.C., and then I guess it shows a statue of the Virgin Mary. Oh, I don't even remember that, but yeah, yeah, right, right, okay. And then we're in Iraq. So then... <laughs> so basically, yeah, it starts in Iraq. So yeah, so it starts with, with uh the titular ex exorcist yes we don't know that we don't know we, he's an exorcist yet yeah it's true we don't know that that's who it is but that's who it is um and he's in iraq and i think they might do this it's just they say it's iraq right it's not pretending to be somewhere else i don't actually know they might say it's iran but i think they do say it's iraq anyway uh Okay, so here it says in the in the it says there it's they're supposed to be in Iraq. Wait, which cut do you have? I think it's the original. You have the theatrical cut. Wait, we gotta figure this out. Do you have the theatrical cut or the director's cut? Because I incidentally, not purposefully, ended up watching the director's cut. I believe this is the theatrical cut. It says Northern Iraq. Okay, there we go. Northern Iraq. Uh, but yeah, I believe that I watched the, the. It did say director's cut, so I believe that. Well, otherwise, it's the original one. Well, I'll, I'll cut this. Also, how long is the director's cut? A tiny bit longer. Okay. Like how much longer? I'd say like seven minutes. Okay. Seven to ten minutes Indeter longer. Indeterminate whether or not I watched that version. You don't remember the crab walk? When she walks down the stair stairs? You don't remember that? How could you not remember that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe man. you... D I don't know. Google it. Google, Google what? images exorcist crab walk. Did you know vaguely when it happens in the movie? Because I could just... It's, short it's just after they find out that uh, what's-his-name-is-dead. Oh, yeah. This spider walk is in here. Spider walk. There it is. Okay. So you watched yes, the director's cut. I did watch the director's cut, yeah. Sweet. Okay. That was not intentional. I actually intended to watch the theatrical cut. I I didn't realize. I just kind of, I just watched one. I, I only, personally, I only like to watch the director's cut if if it's, like, pretty obvious that the theatrical cut has been fucked with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I, I, I like... I don't like it if, say, like, 20 years later, the director comes and recuts it the way he thought it should have been, you know what I mean? Yeah. The way that he thinks now it should have been. I want to see the way he thought then that it should have been. Yeah, or, yeah. Sorry, not he, them, whoever it was, right? In this case, the he, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah anyway. Um, I, I want to, like, I, I always like seeing, like, 
I think that the thing you're watching should be representative of what the director wanted then. Yeah. Because movies are kind of like a time capsule, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't intentional, but as far as I know, there's not that many differences between the director's cut and the... No, there's, the there's two major differences. So um, uh, I will start this summary that we're about to do by, by telling you that we did watch, we both watched the director's cut, it seems. So... Yes. That is uh includes two specific things that are not included in the theatrical cut that we will get to. Um okay. okay. So it starts in Iraq, as I mentioned earlier. We're in Iraq with, with the the titular exorcist, but But we don't know that that's what he is. No. Yeah, so he finds a creepy little fetish um and you just say a figurine no i'm gonna call it because nobody knows what a fucking fetish is uh, no tintin knows what a fetish is also that sounds like another word <laughs> it is another word it's a it's a homonym i know so just say figurine everybody knows what that is you've, you've done this before so he finds a fetish <laughs> he finds a figurine uh that resembles some sort of creature uh, i don't really know exactly and then there's this weird artistic sequence where he wanders through the desert and he doesn't look good he looks bad yeah he's sweating yeah. he looks not good so there's that so then we cut to uh, uh after that happens and he has this kind of moment with a weird statue um we cut to uh uh uh, uh where is it georgetown uh we cut to washington dc georgetown is the name of the university although i think that's funny because you could say that Washington is Georgetown because it's named after George Washington, right? Oh, well, the yeah, I, I guess I just said Georgetown because that's what the title card says. And right, it's yeah. Georgetown. It's the historic neighborhood and commercial entertainment district located in northwest Washington, D.C. So okay. they're in Georgetown. Okay. <laughs> So you've got. All right, let's move along. You got you got a famous <laughs> actress whose name I uh, eludes me. Her last name is McNeil, um, and she has a daughter, and she lives with I guess it's her like secretary or assistant or maid or something. I don't really know. At first, I thought it was an, an older daughter, but it's not. It's some other lady. Anyway, um, she's in a friend, or she's in a film. Uh, uh, who's which is directed by one of her good friends, um, who's a drunk guy. Basically, there's just a lot of exposition here. We meet her daughter. We see that her daughter is a normal twelve year old girl. Um, and then we see that she, uh, she buys a Ouija board, or she finds a Ouija board somewhere, and some weird shit happens with the Ouija board. That like you know some some early creepy stuff with like the uh, what do you call the the tool that you use to direct on the Ouija board? What is that called? It's got a name. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Is it called a Ouija? No, <laughs> called something. Anyway, it goes. I won't be able to help you there. I'm sorry. It goes like flying towards something, and uh uh uh. So that's your first, like, you know, hint that something weird, weird's going on. And then she starts talking about how she, like, this weird entity speaks to her through the Ouija board, but, but, but her mom thinks she's, like, uh, uh, just, you know, joking around. But, but 
I don't think she's joking around, man. Basically, yeah, at this point, shit just starts, she's just the, just the 12-year-old starts kind of acting progressively weirder and weirder. Um, So they get, like, doctors involved. And this part of the film is, like, nightmarish if you have a, uh, a, a medical phobia. <laughs> because it's, like... Yeah, well, there's that whole part where they actually show, like, them doing that procedure where they, uh, I mean. Yeah, they, well, they do, they do extremely, when we'll talk about it slightly more, but. It's called an angiography. There you go. With, like, the yeah. neck thing, the neck vessel. Yeah, the thing that they, like, poke, like, this thing in her neck. It's, yeah. really, weird. it's really unpleasant to watch, especially if yeah. you have a needle or medical phobia of any kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so then they do all yeah, these fucking happens. tests, all these extravagant tests, because, you know, McNeil's this famous actress, um, and she can afford all this because it's America. Well, also, they can't figure out what's wrong with her. Well, yeah, and they can't figure out what's happening. You know, she's acting stranger and stranger, and it's progressive. It starts off, like, not harmless, but, like, you know, not necessarily dangerous, but... It be it, right. it starts to cross the line eventually, and you know things are getting uh, 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 a little bit messed up. So then one night she comes home uh, uh, to find that the window's been left open, and it's really cold in there, and she can see her breath, and she's like, "Oh my goodness, what's going on?" So she closes the window, and she comes downstairs, and then another guy shows up and is like, "Your friend, the yeah. director." I- yeah, yeah, he's dead. He died. He fell out onto the stairs. Your window. Yeah, he fell out of your window. How did you not know that he was dead? Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> I will say that that's actually a very dangerous setup that they have. Yeah, it's super dangerous for a twelve for a young kid to have a window that you can just fall out of like that. Yeah, and then it goes down further. Yeah. After that steroid thing, yeah. Exactly. If you don't know what we're talking about, just like it's a really famous location in the movie, the stairs. The staircase, yeah, yeah. They look very dangerous. They do. They are dangerous. As we, it's like you know, somebody should do something about those. Somebody should do something about those stairs. Two, but two people died. But they haven't. I feel like I recently saw some like somebody taking a picture at those stairs. Well, actually, I think they're 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 a landmark now. You can't do anything to them. Right. So maybe they're at least like marked. They're probably not actually that dangerous. They look very dangerous. But... <laughs> they they anyway. look a bit rickety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are we at? So this. This girl's going nuts, right? And uh, they can't figure what's wrong, and then some guy dies. Yeah, then some guy dies, and then now the law is involved. Johnny Law gets involved. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, there's been all this stuff with the priest. Oh, yeah. Well, meanwhile, we have this whole this whole side story that we don't really know what's going on, where there's this, this kind of dark... Priest slash psychiatrist Yeah, there's guy. this dark, handsome... Uh, uh, yeah, a priest who's like uh got a poor mother who should be in a, a a nursing home of some kind but but isn't because she doesn't want to go um and they don't have any money so they can't put her in like a nice home so she'd have to go to a bad one. He ends up having to send her to a a bad home and it's really bad. And he goes and he visits it and it's really horrifying. 
and she is really sad and she's upset with him. And then she dies there and he's really upset about it and his faith in God is shaken because he's a priest and but yet his mom died in this horrible place. So he's having this really horrible He's having a crisis of faith. Exactly. Um so but he's also a psychiatrist at, at the at the Georgetown University. Okay, so now now we jump back to the McNeil family and her team of like doctors and yeah. psychiatrists. I find it really like bizarre that the guy was like, "No, we should exhaust every possible test before we even consider using a psychiatrist." Oh yeah, well it's the seventies. I know it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> yeah, back it's when like... a psychiatrist was taboo, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, we should poke her full of more holes before we yeah, like, like even consider. Yeah, like let's <laughs> let's put her through these like extremely like uh uh invasive medical tests. Yeah, before we even consider psychiatry. Yeah. So this massive team of doctors and psychiatrists that she eventually turns to, I think think she says like over a hundred or something. She may have been exaggerating, but there was at least like yeah. twenty people in that room, twenty five people in that room. Um, yeah. They say so. They they yeah. They say yeah, we can't it. do it. We have no answers. Better get a yeah, priest. But we we do have a suggestion. <laughs> and and we think you should take your daughter to an exorcist. <laughs> you know, not that we actually believe that that does anything. No, you know, that'll work. But maybe psychologically, because she believes in that she's possessed by a demon. Medical that it'll science work. has failed. Yeah, gotta bring it, gotta bring it to an exorcist. That's the the point they're trying to make. <laughs> Is that science can't solve the problem? Yeah. So, but that's true. That's a real thing, you know. Uh, it has it, it has helped people apparently. Oh uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know why, but. It has. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a, a, a placebo almost. Anyway, um so they're like, You maybe you should get a priest and at first she's kinda resistant, but then she's like, Okay, fine, I'll get a priest. Well, because these doctors are fucking useless. Yeah, because nothing's working and she's getting worse and worse and worse and it's getting really yeah. gross and creepy. So I don't know why she decides to go to see Father Karras. Why him specifically? Well, she just had seen him out of the corner of his uh, her eye, and he yeah. just kind of had a vibe. But she had, like, that that priest friend that she knew. Why didn't she ask him? He's too nice. He doesn't seem like the exorcist. He doesn't, he's not the kind of guy who knows about exorcisms. Yeah, exactly. And she she probably also doesn't want it, you know. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to keep it. She, she doesn't want it to be, like, a family friend, you know. And right. she kind of assumed that he had blabbed about it, too. Right. Okay. But anyway, I don't know why. Um, but she goes to she goes to him. Oh yeah. Well, there's that horrific scene. That's probably like why this film was. Well, everyone wanted this film to be X-rated. Oh, was that with the the cross? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. In the book, it's described as masturbation. In the film, no, it does not look like that. In, in the this film, film, I call it. I call it stabbing. <laughs> Yes, and there was blood too. Yeah, and the sound like, that it made was extremely unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's horrifying. That whole scene. That, yeah, that scene is not a pleasant one. Anyway, that's yeah. that. If you've seen the film, you know the one we're referring to. If you haven't seen the film, 
Yeah, good. Enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that incident where she gets all that blood on her face, she's like, okay, I better get a priest. <laughs> yeah. So then she goes to Karis. And is yeah. and, and and then so Karis is like, no, it's it's probably not a demon. It's probably not. I'm a fucking psychiatrist, you know. Even uh, like, what is he saying? Like, yeah, uh, we don't even believe in exorcisms for the most part anymore. Like, yeah, that's a medieval thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we don't, we don't. There's none of that going on here. But eventually, I guess he sees her. And he's convinced that there is no, you will, you know. even after there's a couple of things, because he does the like fake holy water thing, and even like, oh yeah, yeah. well, cause, yeah, because he wants to like rule out all the possibilities, right? Yeah, yeah, he wants to like make sure that she's possessed because this is serious right. so, business. Yeah, he puts fake holy water on the on on the girl, and she and reacts she to it. She's like, it's it's burning, right? But he's like, you know, that wasn't even real holy water. There's no way this is a real demon. No way it's a real demon, even though it, like, knew about his mom, even though the girl didn't know about his yeah. mom. So, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's that. Who knows, man? There's that. Um, yeah. So, anyway, eventually he gets convinced enough that he should... Not that it's a demon, because he still has a crisis of faith, but he's convinced enough that he should take at least, you know, the bureaucratic action of yeah in, well he he, he he yeah he does he takes in the tape recorder to document what's going on right right right, right. that's what convinces yeah. is, is what convinces him he takes in a tape recorder and, and records the the creepy uh 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 demonic lower demonic oh voice. and she speaks backwards exactly yeah and then he takes it back and they find out with the tape recorder yeah yeah, yeah she takes it back so interesting thing i <laughs> I was watching the movie and I was like, where have I seen that tape recorder before? And I realized it's because I own that tape recorder that was used in The Exorcist. <laughs> like, really? It's the same one? No, it's not the same one, but it's like the exact same type of tape recorder. Hilarious. Like the same model and everything. <laughs> uh, That's not a good omen. Yeah. Speaking of horror films, speaking of spooky season films. Maybe it's a haunted tape recorder. It must be a haunted tape recorder. But yeah. now it's a good season to have a haunted tape recorder. It is. What were we talking about? Yeah, so they get the exorcist. Yeah, so he he, he gets the evidence, you know? He gets the evidence. And then he goes to see he goes to see the cardinal, I guess. Yeah, so then the Catholic bigwigs are like talking about what they should do about it. Um and I guess they're like, okay, you know, I guess I guess we gotta do an exorcism. Exactly. Um, yeah, we guess it's a- And then they're like, but like are are you sure you wanna do it yourself, Karis? Well they're like, like well I, he's not even in the room at this point. They're just like Karis, do you Karis is too uh 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 inexperienced. Yeah. We need somebody who knows what they're we doing. We need somebody doing. who's who's done it before. Which is good you know? that they got this other guy, because Karis would have been fucked if he had tried to do it by himself. Yeah. He wouldn't even know like the power of Christ compels you, man. He wouldn't even know how to say that shit. Yeah, he would have been fucked. He would have been totally, <laughs> yeah. absolutely fucked. So <laughs> yeah. So they call in what's his name? Uh, Father Father Marin. Father Marin. So they call in this the Exorcist. The Exorcist arrives. Um, yeah. And he's all a uh, 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 stoic and badass. And then uh, 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 he sits down, 
and and Father Karras is like, don't you want to know the backstory, Father? And Father Marin is like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Which is such so a badass line. We, we should, yeah, it is. But uh, we should explain that Father Marin had previously apparently done an exorcism in Africa which uh, apparently did not go. Well, it was apparently quite the slog. Yeah, it took like, what, like two months or something or two weeks or whatever? Yeah, exactly. It, t- it took a long time and it was not a good... But but they say that it almost killed him. Yeah, yeah, it was not a good situation. So yeah. So he's returned. So then they come in to go do the exorcism. And it's the same guy from the beginning, if you didn't gather that. Yeah, he's the guy that was... Interact. Yeah, so he he's there, and they start exercising. Yeah, uh, you know, and start lifting some weights, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get on the treadmill. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Anyway. So. Yeah. And it's pretty brutal. Uh. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of vomit. A lot of vomit. A lot of like various th- like thrashings, and there's a lot of uh uh. uh uh, what was absurdly obscene profanity at the time, but like what is barely, yeah. you know, R-rated in. <laughs> well, I mean, it's worse when a twelve-year-old is saying it, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, like I feel like it's still shocking to hear a twelve-year-old talk like that. But it wasn't the twelve-year-old, which is the thing. It's just like a heavily made-up twelve-year-old. So at that point, it's so demonic, right. like it's so removed from yeah. the twelve-year-old that it's almost not to me. It wasn't even like remotely shocking right, yeah. to 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 have it say yeah. that you know various profane that I won't even repeat because this show is above above saying saying such such well actually profane. i think we're marked explicit on the <laughs> all the podcast networks oh well then i may as well say it that yeah she says we've we've used the f word before oh yeah we say it all the time yeah yeah so <laughs> she says well, specifically i think the good one is she says your mother sucks cocks in hell that's a good one yeah yeah <laughs> it's pretty uh colorful language that's a good one. What was the other one? No, nothing. There's nothing. Nothing made. Just stuff like uh, uh, she says cunt and cock and ass and a lot, which is like 1973. Like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, that's unheard of language. Yeah. I better tear my ears off my head. Um, so then they exercise her, sort of, and it's going intensely, and then they kind of they yeah. make some headway with the power of Christ compelling her. Um, yeah. And it looks like... They say that line a lot. They say that line. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels yeah, you. Yeah, I'd say they say it three times too many. But anyway... Um, well, clearly they don't say it on enough. Yeah, clearly. Um, because there's five movies in a TV show. But, so they, uh, but at this point, they don't know that that's happening. Um, so Karis is like really tired and it, it, it's really clearly taking a toll on on Kara Karis but uh, 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 Father Marin is is sticking it out and he's being you know super stoic and badass well, yeah cuz the demon like pretends to be Karis's dead mother yeah 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 and it's doing a good job of like getting in his head um yeah and then then he tells him to go wait outside yeah well he tells him to like yeah go just like take a breather like give me a second yeah. which i thought was foolish but you know he's a pro yeah. he's a pro so yeah. don't leave somebody alone in a room with a demon never leave someone alone in a room with a demon 
Um, so he leaves him alone in a room with a demon. And then when he comes back, he's dead. He's just lying on the floor dead. Yeah, he... And then Karis tries to administer CPR to no avail. Yeah, quote-unquote CPR rather violently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I know that you're supposed to do it aggressively, but I think that might but, be yeah. pushing the envelope slightly. But anyway, yeah. um, so at this point, uh, it, it gets pretty intense. Um, the, the fully possessed uh, Reagan at this point Gets into a so okay. Wait, is it is it Reagan or is it Regan? I don't know. Cause it's I it's R E G A. I would if you switched the R to an M, I would say Megan. So I would say Reagan. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. But that's that's my logic. Yeah, it isn't necessarily sound logic, but well, who knows. Um, so she at this point is full on brawling with, with, uh, Father Karis and they, they, they really get into it. And then he beats the 12 year old. He's like punching her in the face. Um, cause I think he gets a little bit carried away. Um, yeah. And then he's like, take me, get out of her and get inside me with your de- demonicness in me. Yeah, and then and then his de- his eyes go all demon like. Yeah, so it, it, like they it looks like something's happening, and then he looks like a demon for a second, and he's like, uh, and then he flies out of the well, window. Well, he's like, I'm a demon, and then for a second, and then he's like, no wait, I'm not a demon, and then he jumps out the window, to to and he yeah. and he then he dies. Falls down those stairs. Yeah, really brutal. Yeah, and they show him falling down the stairs, and it's really brutal and hardcore. Yeah, and then he's down at the bottom of the stairs and covered in blood. Yeah, but then the people get to him really quickly because I guess he's on like a pretty, you know, a busy thoroughfare, busy street, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, and so then the other priest shows up and he's like, uh, "I gotta give you your last rites because." Yeah, because you're, you're gonna die. Because <laughs> you're a priest, so he gives him his last rites, yeah. and he accepts them because he his faith is regained yes. through that. So Father Karras exorcism, yeah, through exorcism. So thank God for that, I guess. Yeah. Um. So he he is dead now, and then we jump forward a bit, and we see that Regan's great, except for a few faint scars on her face. But you know that'll happen yeah. when. When you come possessed by a demon. Yeah, exactly. So that's if that's all that happens to you, you know, you you've come out on top. You've done well. Exactly. So, so she, uh, uh, um, they're moving. I think. So. Well, yeah, because because I guess you know the director of the film is dead now, so I guess that's done. Yeah, the film's so over. I guess so the uh, no reason for them to the, be here. The actress mother is like, well, I don't need to be in this city anymore. Yeah, let's 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 get out of here. So they go back to yeah. Hollywood, presumably. Yeah. The priest comes to see them off and is like, yeah. see you later. So we say, okay, we should probably say which one of this is, because the other two are dead. There's this other third one who is just kind of around. This is like the priest. This is Father Karras' best friend who is also a priest, yeah. who is also yeah. kind of friendly. He is the guy who introduced Father Karras to to the family. Yeah. So he he comes to to say goodbye 
to them. He's the guy yeah. who read Father Karras's last rites. So he's like, you know, yeah. deeply entwined with the whole story. Um, yeah. So he he comes by and Reagan is like deeply moved by the fact that he's a priest. Even yeah. though she has no recollection of being possessed. But she's like subconsciously right. moved by his his holiness. Uh, yeah. And then they drive off into the distance and they're gone. Right. And then the priest is like, sees the police officer who we didn't really talk so about. So this is, is this the director's cut? Yeah. So. Yeah. So this part is apparently only in the director's cut. Yeah. Then, then, so that, that's how the theatrical cut ends. And then in the director's cut, there's one extra scene where, uh, 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 the, the priest and the police officer meet up and start talking about films and then Movies. and then go off and become friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to go have lunch. That's what they're doing. Yeah. So I don't really know why that the director Yeah, I don't know why that's in there. Why the I don't know why that was like the one thing that he was like I needed to add this back. Yeah, the director was like this is absolutely necessary that we put this in the film, yeah. but Yeah. But there it is. That's in the film. I don't know. That's in the film. So there you go. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the uh, detective. No, cool. He's in there too. Yeah. He's basically investigating the death of. Uh, yeah, we briefly mentioned uh, when Johnny Law Burke. got involved. Yeah. He's Johnny Law, and he's kind of just fluttering around. Yeah, asking questions. And he's a big fan of the actress. That's basically yeah. his biggest. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's your summary. Um,. Okay, I think you think you covered most of it. Yeah, it wasn't the most sleek of the summaries, but you know all the information's right. there. So, should yeah. we get into some basic facts about this movie? Yes, yes, we shall. Such as who directed and wrote, and what it's all fucking about. See, there's our explicit right yeah. there. I earned it right there. Yeah. So this is actually kind of interesting, like because this movie is an adaptation of a novel. Right. Yes. However, uh, the writer of the novel also produced and wrote the screenplay. Yes, which is kind of strange. Which is kind of cool, but it's like an interesting thing, just because it's like it's strange, but it's not strange for him, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if this is the only film or the first film that he wrote the book and then produced. But prior to it's definitely not the only film. Well, exactly. Because we'll talk about it later in the Exorcist series. Well, yeah. Well, even <laughs> so, prior to this, he had already uh, uh, written like five books, and right, he had yeah, also yeah. written like five screenplays. But yeah, and the book was successful too, right? Yeah, the book was really successful. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. But. Yeah, so the director is a uh, oh, is it Friedkin? Friedkin, William Friedkin. I think it's Friedkin. I would assume it's, I think Friedkin. it's Friedkin. So he's the director. And did we mention the other guy's name, William Peter Blatty? Blady? Oh my god. Yeah, William Peter Blatty. It's Blatty. William Peter Blatty is the the director and producer. Sorry, writer and producer. Yeah, yeah. There's two Williams. It's confusing. Yeah. But yeah. Um so yeah, so those are your basic facts. Do you have some initial thoughts to share with me? I mean, there's more basic facts, but we'll kind of uncover yeah. them all as we go through. Those are the first, just the the ones I want. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I think that this is a very disturbing movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I think that you know they definitely hot take have a lot of scenes in there which are very uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, what makes you more physically uncomfortable, this film or The Fly? Uh, this film probably. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like that might just be because I've seen The Fly more times. This film has fewer sort of, fewer scenes know. that are like The Fly is just gross. Th- this has more like shocking <laughs> scenes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, what was I gonna say? Um. So yeah, it definitely it definitely delivers on that. Uh it's also I think it's pretty well put together, like pretty well shot and stuff. But um Yeah, it's actually like a good movie. It's too long. Oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, um cuz like I was actually checking this while I was watching this, but like you don't really see any like Definitive signs of demonic possession until like an hour. And yeah, hour. yeah, I was thinking that as well. The whole first, <laughs> it's like the whole first hour is like a lot of fluff, full exposition. Yeah, I I agree. I think like uh uh, first of all, I found the whole Iraq bit to be a little bit fucking uh superfluous. Yeah, the Iraq bit is the is the part that I will say is probably the most superfluous. Like. Take that out, and I'm kind of happy with how the rest of it flows. Like, to an ex- like, I think yeah. it runs a little bit long. But yeah. that 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 first bit is like ten minutes. Yeah, I know. And like, and it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't give for the plot. It doesn't give you anything. Doesn't doesn't really tell you much about. Yeah, like you don't get any information, and you don't actually even yeah. return to it in a meaningful way later. It's extremely no. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Barring that, we could even get into some deep demonic action a little bit sooner, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I think the demonic action could come sooner. Like, um, after it starts, I think the pacing is quite good. Like, Oh, after after the demonic possession, like, after we know that it's coming, like, it's it delivers. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Like, that second hour yeah. and a half of that film is, is, is spectacularly... Like, but yeah, pissed. I yeah I generally I generally enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's an excellent for the season. It's a it's the reason for the season, motherfucker. It's the fucking it's the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said. But I mean, like that, yeah, but... I should I should uh, like as far as we're gonna go, this is the peak of exorcism. So yeah, I know. Just, just enjoy it. Just. Just like, Enjoy like, it, fucking, okay. like yeah, this is the peak of the mountain. We're like fucking tobogganing down the other side. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But uh, but who knows? Perhaps yeah. as we get closer to Halloween, perhaps we'll get spookier and spookier. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? So yeah, I, I would you generally agree with that assessment? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Let's um let's get into it. Let's really get into some stuff here. So normally what we would do here is we would kind of talk we we would start with like the 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 pre-production period. Yeah. Because, you know, that's normally how a movie starts. We usually start at the start. Yeah. But but instead we're going to start before the start. Exactly. We're going to go all the way back. Yeah, we're going we're going back to a time 
when time before time to to before well not before time it's very much within recent history time (laughs) even it's just before this film was made but we're getting to the bottom of it that's the point we're getting going back in time Fuck yeah. So. This is weird. What time is this? It's truth time, this motherfuckers. The... It's truth time. Yeah. I'm sorry I called you a motherfuckers. I meant to call just Jake a motherfucker, and then I added the S, and that, that kind of okay. meant that I was addressing the audience, and I felt kind of bad right, about right. it. But this is the truth. Um, Do you want to introduce what the truth is, and then... Yeah, so this is where we, we usually find some real-life thing tangentially involved in this movie and we get to the bottom of it we get to the bottom of it and we investigate some shit and this is an exciting one because it's both true and spooky and well true well (laughs) details of it are true right but we'll we'll get right into it so okay so this film is is Based off of a book, as we mentioned. Yes, but the book is based off something. The book is based off of the truth. Right. And the truth is a a story about um, a young boy whose name we don't know, but who we will call Roland Doe or or the rest of this podcast. And, And where did this happen? Um, so just before we go any further, just, uh, the, this is, uh, most of where I got this is from an interview with a, a guy named Troy Taylor, who is the author of a book called The Devil Came to St. Louis, which is a book all okay. about this, what we're talking about here. So, so it's, it's late 1940s. We're in, uh, uh Maryland. Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> I fucking wish that. 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. Imagine. If you could, if we could connect this, okay, to Roswell. <laughs> no, uh, we're not talking about that. Imagine what we could do with that. Yeah. Um, but no, unfortunately, not. We're just in Maryland. Okay. So, so basically, there's a lot of there's a lot of unverified legend to this story. What it seems like, I haven't read the book, but now I want to after after listening to Troy Taylor speak. Basically. Uh, what he his book kind of chips away the the legend to try and find some of the 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 truth behind it, and I think he is he leans towards the paranormal in his in his uh 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 uh, uh leanings, but anyway the point yeah. is he's he is a researcher anyway, but the unverified legend says that uh uh Roland Doe who I believe was thir- between thirteen and sixteen at this time. Okay. He receives a Ouija board uh, from his from his mm. aunt, and shortly after this, um, his aunt passes away. And does pass away mean thrown out of a third story window? <laughs> it's they don't say. Maybe it says in the book how 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 she dies, but uh, I I'm not certain how she dies. <laughs> but she dies, 
according to Troy Taylor, 10 days prior to her death, um, the family begins experiencing some mild paranormal disturbances. So can we talk about like what, like moving objects? Yeah, like... yeah. It starts with like you know moving objects, uh, 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 scratching. You know, just little sounds, um, just things not where you remember putting them. Just mild stuff. Um, so the family they blame rats initially. Uh, ah, yeah, exactly. Familiar. <laughs> yeah, it does. Might have happened in this film, but the exterminator can't find any rats. So the family's like, "What is going on with these, uh, 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 these, these, you know, escalating paranormal behavior? You know, furniture's starting to kind of shake around and shit." So they consult their uh, uh, Lutheran priest, um, right? And this Lutheran priest. So there's two. There's two stories about this Lutheran priest. Um, he's he either plays kind of a small role or a fairly large one. In the small role, he says it's uh it's a haunting and okay. the haunting seems to be caused by Roland. Hmm. Interesting. In the uh that's kinda what is 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 verifiable. What's kinda added to that, it seems to be that he uh, uh additionally he he was like, You guys need to find a Catholic priest. <laughs> Okay, that seems like an odd thing for him to say. Yeah, and then on top of that, he apparent he like appar- allegedly like leaked the story to the press. So like early on, he's kind of like why the press had any inkling as to what was going on with this what story. What was going on? Yeah. But anyway, um, so to test this theory, you know, to see that like okay, is Roland the cause? Um, and then also like let's give him a fresh start. They moved to St. Louis from Maryland. Um, right. just to, you know, see if, if the paranormal, you know, the spooky behavior, uh, continues, uh, around. They want to see if it's the house. Yeah, is it the house? Is it Roland? What's going on? But either way, like, if it's, if it's not spooky, you know, if it's just Roland, you know, if he just needs a fresh start, he gets a fresh start, you know, let's do it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But shit gets worse. Shit gets much, much worse. Roland starts having seizures, uh, he starts going into, quote, trances. Um, basically just starts having, like, psychotic episodes, um, and, like, apparently marks starting, appearing on his body, and according to the family, the word Lewis appeared on his body, because I guess they went to St. Louis. Um, I don't know, that's kind of strange, but I, whether or not the Lutheran priest told them to do it, they get in touch with some Catholic priests. Right. And several exorcisms are performed. Um, several. Several. So the first one didn't cut it. Exactly. Like, it seems like it took a while. Um, one of the priests okay. involved alleged that during one of the exorcisms, uh, Roland was able to free himself from a restraint uh, and uh, uh, stab the priest with a bedspring. Um, Jeez. Though this has been criticized. There's a lot of criticism <laughs> out there. Well, I'm sure not all of this information is necessarily the most reliable. Yeah, exactly. It's all, like, just people, like, usually a while after the fact, being like, yeah, I was there, this is what I saw. We don't even know what the kid's name was. No, it's, uh... Um, it's completely unverifiable. Well, Troy Taylor apparently spoke to the to, to the actual kid involved. 
Right. Um, but obviously he didn't give away his name. How does he know he was even a real kid? Well, there's a lot. There's a like. There's there is a paper trail because the Catholic Church oh, okay, does keep track of these things. Oh right, I guess you. Yeah, they probably do. You have a list of all it, the exorcisms. It is technically official. Like you know, this isn't like 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 it's not like just a bunch of like this isn't some ragtag operation. Like, I mean, it is, but it is. It's a ragtag operation that's like you know, the Catholic Church is like, <laughs> yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, according to according to some, it uh, uh it took up to five people to hold him down during these exorcisms. Um, you know, witnesses said shit that he like he he spit mucus across the room. Uh, uh, uh the uh. bed was shaking. Someone said they saw the bed lift off the ground. Um, a nurse from the facility where the final exorcism took place swore that she saw Roland lift several inches off the bed, like in the Ghostbusters. Um, mm. Also in this film, but, you know. Yeah, well, it was more than a couple inches in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it was more than a couple inches. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's like in his 80s, that's when Troy Taylor spoke to him. He was in his 80s. Um, I think right. he spoke to him in the 90s. Right, so probably not the best memory. Yeah, Roland from when he was thirteen or whatever. Roland claimed to not have any uh, uh, recollection of the exorcism uh, itself. Oh, okay. So, yeah, wasn't that convenient? Yeah. So this is where the truth kind of merges into the production. We're not well. I'm not exactly sure when the uh, when these exorcisms took place, but um. In 1949. Sometime in the 1940s. Sometime in the late 1940s, yeah. While all this alien stuff was happening in Roswell. Exactly. The more important uh, uh, occult activity. Is that really a cult? Yeah. I think cults just means like hidden, right? Occult means just like hidden. So I think aliens technically I mean, count as... Let's just find out. Are aliens a cult? I, w- I wouldn't call that a They're cult. They're fringe. I, I, if it's it fringe. Is, They're definitely both fringe. Yeah. Um, are aliens a cult? Aliens, UFOs, and the occult. So... that's a, There's a book called Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some crossover, but so it seems like they're they're uh, often parallel. But yeah. anyway, what <laughs> the point is, it's a uh, 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 Roswell is happening at a similar time, um, right? But book and screenwriter William, should we call him Bill? Should we call him Bill Peter? Blatty, Bill Blatty. Let's just call him William Peter Blatty. So William Peter Blatty, he's actually in seminary school at this time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, in 1949, he was in seminary school at Georgetown University, um, mm. which is coincidental, or it's not coincidental. That's not the right word, but it's it. Well, he wrote exactly. The book. <laughs> of course, it's not exactly. A so, um. But he he sees a brief article about Roland in in the local paper. Um, I wonder where the local paper got that story from. 
and then everybody turned and looked to the Lutheran uh, priest. Um, right. So he petitions a priest, Peter uh, William Peter Blatty, Blady. I don't can't remember for the life of me. Just call him Blatty. Just just go with Blatty, it. Blatty, 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 Blatty. Um. So he petitions a priest for more information. And as we, as I said, because there's records, he somehow comes across the diary of one of the priests who performed the uh, the exorcism on Roland, um, and oh. eventually he meets him in person. So he's like really fucking close. The, the priest, the priest, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's really fucking close to this this original story. So he gets yeah. he gets all the he, all the all the scoop on what happened. So the priest who is involved in the exorcism urges uh, uh, Blatty not to write anything. <laughs> He's like, don't write a book. Please don't write a book. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if I was that priest, I probably wouldn't want him to write a book either. Yeah, and then Blatty's like, okay, I'm going to write a book, though. Um, and then the priest is like, okay, well, then if you if you do, you have to like do everything you can to protect the... The, uh, the job? Yeah, the identity. So, like, change the gender and everything. So, so he did. Right. So that comes from the priest, okay, who actually was involved in the exorcism. Um. So then, it's there's a lot of I think research and backs background. I don't really know a lot of things go into making this book between 1949 and the year that it's released right. in 1971. So just to be clear, the exorcism was successful. We, uh, well. Yeah, it seems that Roland lived a, f- a quote, fairly average life after okay. the exorcism. Post-exorcism. Post-exorcism. Yeah. I, think, I think the general conclusion is that it, he was faking it. Right. But Troy Taylor was a, of the opinion in the interview that uh, there, was, there was something going on, be it paranormal or, or not. It was... Or alien. Or alien, exactly. I don't know. Could be fucking aliens. Who knows? He was being, uh, 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 what's the word? Well, possessed. <laughs> but not in a paranormal way, in a, you know, technological sci-fi way. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. It's just like, a, it's just like Stargate. Exactly. I'm getting distracted. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he had just released the book The Exorcist, and because you know he's already worked with uh, 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 Paramount, he's worked with Warner, Warner Bros. a few times. As I mentioned, he's he's written like six movies at this time. His last movie had Audrey Hepburn in it that he wrote, or ended up having Audrey Hepburn in it. So he's no uh, stranger to Hollywood. He so he sells the 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 book to uh, uh, Warner Bros. Um, and he gets hired for how I guess it makes sense. He gets hired to write the screenplay, and basically he adapts it one hundred percent, the same from the book. Yeah, like uh, I haven't read the book, but I read the synopsis of the book. <laughs> and basically, yeah, you just get a bit more detail, and there's a few like you know, a few changes and a few things that are left out of the film, but basically it's the same. Okay, cool. Um, so this is kind of when we get to the casting. Um, so this is the casting, (laughs) the casting seemed to be kind of a nightmare for the studio. (laughs) Really? Why? Well, just because, like, 
um they they really couldn't get who they wanted wanted? in any role oh right yeah so originally they apparently wanted marlon brando (laughs) as as who as the exorcist oh god yeah i think that would not have been good there's uh, uh yeah so they wanted marlon brando the studio for whatever goddamn reason some executive thought it was a great idea um but uh, uh i'm sure he asked for like something ridiculous yeah 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 like not even just money like i'm sure he had some ridiculous request yeah I, i'm sure he would have well i think yeah the director oh I, I i forgot to mention how the director got involved i'll get to that in one second so, william freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking uh, he vetoed brando he was like no brando because oh, I'm not working with Brando because he's a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, he said it would become a quote Brando movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not working with Brando. Um, yeah. Which is is kind of makes sense. I kind of get that. Anyway, I don't know if we've I don't we've not actually done a movie with Marlon Brando in it, but he's come up a couple times, and he's always being just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, we've, story. yeah, he's we've talked about Hollywood enough that he's gonna come up. You know, and I think every, almost every story about him is about him either being difficult or like actually a dick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so f- f- how Freakin got involved is uh, uh, I think they asked a bunch of different directors, and I think one of the directors they asked was even our uh, our good friend Stanley Kubrick. Oh uh, yeah. Who? So yeah, but I believe a lot of them. Like, pretty much everybody turned it down, right? Except for Friedkin, who was, like, at the bottom of the list. Basically. That's basically what happened. Um, yeah. I forget who else turned it down, but obviously the one I remember. Oh, I have it here, I think. Um, Arthur Penn, Stanley Kubrick, and Mike Nichols were all asked, and they all turned it down. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, I think the problem with Kubrick is you're asking him to do a movie as opposed to... Yeah, if Kubrick... Had... I'm sure if, if Kubrick had read the, the Exorcist and had come across his desk, maybe yeah. he would have made put the movie together himself. Yeah, yeah. I could... Although it seems like it's a bit out of his... His wheelhouse? A bit. I, I think he would have done a great right. job with it, for sure, but... Right. But, yeah. What? Well, yeah, I don't know if but you're you right. read this, but uh, apparently he's a really big fan of this movie stanley yeah i mean i I totally would buy that it seems like it's yeah. it's it it does have a lot of things going for it that he would like mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. what i understand about him so he gets a, a, a friedkin gets involved um and they start the casting process as as we already as we already mentioned brando So eventually they 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 settle on who was it there was a so there's a famous historian who 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 the character of of Father Merrin is kind of like loosely based off of um oh yeah um Gerald Lancaster Harding right Gerald Lancaster Harding um so he was what oh yeah right he was an archaeologist yeah and he was like a super famous archaeologist in like you know the golden age of the of like you know Indiana Jones uh, uh, swashbuckling you type mean the of the earliest twenties the early twentieth century yeah like like swashbuckling archaeology yeah that that's his uh his wheelhouse 
Um, anyway, the the character is like based loosely off of him. So uh, 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 they were showing, they were looking at a picture of this guy, and uh, I think it was a producer was like, "Oh, well, why don't you cast uh, 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 Max von Sido? Is that how you pronounce it?" I think it's Sido. Sido, Max von Sido, because he because he vaguely looks like him, and he does look a lot like him. Yeah. Um, so that's how they cast him. Um, I just I just want to like uh, kind of touch on Max von Sydow here for a minute, but like in this in this movie, I find it interesting. Max von Sydow, R.I.P. By the way, yeah. Um, uh, last year, but um, yeah, he's supposed to be really old in this movie. Yeah, he's supposed to be, but yet he uh he continued acting basically up until his death, like. 40-something years later. Well, he was only 44 in this movie. Really? Was he? Yeah. He was playing a 74-year-old, but he was only 44. Wow. Well, I guess they did some pretty good makeup. Actually. Yeah, well... Now that I think about it, yeah. It is so weird, though, because they did... Apparently, his makeup was really, like, like wadded. Like, everyone said it was really good. But, like... Yeah. I thought... It was clearly obvious that he was wearing a lot of makeup, but I didn't realize. Well, no, it was clearly obvious that he was wearing a lot of makeup, but the thing is, I thought it was what just meant... I find interesting is that the aged version of him looks like what the actual aged version of him looks like. Yeah, that's true. They actually did a pretty good. Which is usually not what happens, but I mean, obviously, it's a really hard thing to tell how somebody's going to turn out how they when they age, right? Yeah, exactly. They did a pretty good job, but somehow they made it such that he aged, you know. The way that he actually aged. Yeah, yeah. For uh, 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 Father Karras, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh yeah. Was apparently supposed to to play him, but but. I don't think that would have been good. No, I agree. I don't think that would have been good. But then they hired uh, Stacy Keach, um, who I'm not familiar with, but was quite famous at the time apparently. Okay. Like it was a big name, so they hired him. Uh, by by Blatty, but then uh, the director Friedkin he goes to see a play by uh, a, a a playwright named Jason Miller. <laughs> oh, okay. And the play was called uh, "That Championship Season," and it's like the talk of the. Was t- it about boxing or something? Or I don't know what it was about. Uh, it won the Pulitzer. Also about basketball. There you go. So he goes to see this play, and then he see he he like sees the director of the play, and yeah, he uh, uh uh he gives him a copy of of the novel, and then basically later on he like he like calls him up and he's like, I have to be in this movie, like um. Let me be in your movie, even though he's never acted. He's just a playwright. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, like I think maybe he'd done some stage acting, but he'd never been yeah. in a movie before, I don't think. Um and they were like, I'm sorry, we've already cast Stacy Keach. And he was like, I'm begging you, like, let me like I'm made for this role. Because uh, apparently he had also gone to seminary school. <laughs> um, right, yeah. Uh and he was like, At least let me come down and do a screen test. Um Right. So he came down and he did a screen test, and Freakin' was like, he's perfect, I'll need him. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. And the studio was like, oh, for fuck's sake, so then they bought out. Yeah. We already fucking got this other guy. Yeah, they had to buy out the other guy's contract. And 
Oh, no. And then there you go. That's annoying. So then, again, the same kind of process kind of continues. So this, this, this guy ended up playing Karras. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Miller. So now you have Reagan and, uh, 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 um, what's her name? Chris. The Okay. They're the, it's basically the same process for both of them. It's like they kind of go down the list of famous people who like don't really want to be in it, and then right. they eventually. Well, I mean, for a child actor, I think they would have had a lot of trouble finding somebody who could actually pull this off. Well, the child actor was slightly different. Yeah, the child actor there was like there were two people that they were gonna go with because, but then they didn't because they were like too well known, and it would have been kind of uh, overpowering. Um, right, and then. They just couldn't find somebody, and then eventually they like the 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 actress what, Blair, Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the uh, they had a meeting with her, and uh, they they liked her her vibe, so they hired her. And um, but yeah, with 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 uh, what's her last name? Who plays Chris McNeil? Burston, Ellen Burston. Uh, I guess. Thurston. Yeah, so she she was what supposed to be Audrey Hepburn, I believe. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but she who? How am I not surprised that it wasn't Audrey Hepburn? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, apparently Audrey Hepburn was interested, but she yeah? she wanted the movie to be shot in Rome. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were considering it, but uh. Moving production to Rome obviously would have been a bit more expensive, and yeah. then everybody shooting the yeah. movie would have spoken uh, Italian, um, and that would have been a bit difficult for all the non-Italian people already involved. Right. So they were like, we're not doing Italy, so can't be Audrey Hepburn. So they eventually, as I said, they eventually settled on uh, Ellen Burstyn, who also, I think that's what's interesting, though, because she also really connected with the role. She was like, I have to be this character. like. Um, so that's, it's a similar thing. So they didn't do it in, 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 in Italy. They, they did it in, in, in America. Uh, apparently. Wait, okay. Okay. So, so basically they, they approached Jane Fonda about this role as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently when she was, uh, after having read it, I guess, uh, she said, why would anybody want to make this piece of capitalist rip-off bullshit? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Not really sure what she means by that. Not really sure what that means uh, in regards to this. Well, like, what is... Yeah, Jane Fonda was having a, an interesting... An interesting time at that time. Yeah, she was going to, to people's temple meetings and shit at that time, so, you know. What's people's temple? Jim Jones. Okay, I'm not going to probably need to be informed on this right now. You don't know Jim Jones? No, I don't. Okay, well, yeah, Google it later. <laughs> yeah. So, that's uh, that's those two. I think that's all the casting that really matters, so we can move on at this point kind of to the production yeah. of the film. And, okay. And this is where we have kind of some of the fun shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I had to, should say so. I had to include this first bit just because it comes up so often. They um. Was it whenever you shoot somewhere hot? It's hot. It's hot, and it's a struggle to shoot there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they shot. They actually shot in in. That's why y'all should come up and shoot everything in Canada. Exactly. 
Which is actually what happens a lot. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, I don't know why they decided to actually go to Iraq to shoot this superfluous scene. They wasted a lot of yeah, money on this. Yeah, because it was like a whole extra thing, and they had like a whole different crew. Yeah, and they had like a whole archaeological dig thing, and they shot at the ancient site of Hatra for real. They were there at these like ruins. It was like... Maybe because the director thought it would be a fun thing to do? I guess. Or was Blatty also really on board? I don't, I'm not sure. I who's... guess Blatty put it in the script, so... Yeah, but, you know, the, the director kept it in the script, so... Anyway, the yeah. point is it was like got up to 54 degrees <laughs> while okay. they were shooting it, which is not pleasant. 54 degrees Celsius for any yeah, non-Canadian listeners. Well, any no, any American listeners should, yeah, specifically? Any, yeah, it's basically just American yeah, listeners. Who else? Does anyone else? I mean, I'm sure. There's I don't a know couple. if anybody else uses Fahrenheit, but um, but definitely, uh, maybe some former American colonies. Yeah, this is 54 Celsius. Uh, for those who use imperial units, <laughs> that's 129.2 Fahrenheit. Yeah, there you go. Hot. That is hot. I don't um, know what the Fahrenheit yeah. is, but I know the fifty-four is on. So, yeah, exactly. so they were they were dedicated to being accurate um, by going to Iraq. So they were like, "Well, we may as well go to an actual medical center if we're actually going to go to Iraq." So they went to the new the the actual the actual New York University Medical Center, um, and they the the actors in the medical scenes were the actual, actual doctors. doctors. And the actual medical huh. staff, which is partially why it was probably so accurate looking. Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I, I mean, just it just makes medical technology from the 1970s look so barbaric. It does. It looks so awful. I hated every moment of it. It was not a yeah. fun scene to watch. <laughs> yeah. But. Because I actually looked into it. Apparently that whole, like... Thing that they did with her is not that commonly used anymore. Really? Well, it yeah. Did, yeah, it looked like I feel like there's some... Well, we just have better ways of doing it now. Yeah, I feel like an MRI or whatever. Do they not have... No, I mean, they were doing a very specific thing. Right. Because they wanted to... Because, like, I don't think an MRI would actually show that. Right. Basically, they're adding, like, a radioactive tracer to her blood. Right, so right. So they can show it up on, like, an image. Yeah, yeah. They can see the uh, the uh, circulatory system of her brain. Basically, yeah. Um, but anyway, apparently that scene was really accurate. Yeah, well, it's been touted. Like, people, like, medical professionals yes. have called these scenes in this film as, like, still to this day, some of, like, the most accurate uh, yeah. medical procedures. And again, that's obviously helped by the fact that it's actually just fucking doctors doing it. It's shot at an actual hospital. So a little side side quest here about this, though. Um, side quest? Yeah, well, not really quest. More of a side <laughs> story about a dark detail. Um, one of the radiologists from this scene was convicted of murder in 1979. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, and served twenty years think, in prison. Do you think it's because the movie's haunted? Could be because the movie's haunted. He apparently, he allegedly, he bragged about having like tons of other victims, but yeah, they only charged him with one count of murder, and he only served twenty years and got out on parole. And he really? died in the two thousands. 
a free man. Uh, okay. So that's a weird thing to think about. Um, but anyway, uh, both. So when it comes to like the actual fucking like filming of it, it uh, like it was pretty brutal. You you remember? It's like it's 1973, you know, like, and there was a lot of pretty hardcore effects in here. Um, and I don't mean hardcore as in like you know good, and because they are good, but I mean hardcore as in like literally like violent shit. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it 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 it, it looks messed up. Yeah. So apparently both uh, uh the actresses um whose names I can't keep in my head for whatever reason, but both the uh, Reagan and uh McNeil her brother. Yeah. Yeah. They both suffered back injuries um from certain shots um like getting jerked around in harnesses. I can see how that would happen. Yeah, and like, you know, apparently they were at the time they were okay. Like, they were fine with rolling with the punches a bit, but, like, they were a bit annoyed right. with it. But I think they were annoyed about the fact that in the final cut, uh, some of their genuine cries of pain were put into the film. Oh, right, which yeah. Which I think they weren't particularly pleased with, which I can understand. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, I'm yeah. not acting. You just hurt me and put it into a movie. That feels, I would yeah. feel, like, a bit exploited, for sure. But anyway. Yeah. I mean... I can see it the other way too, where I would be like, "I went through all of that and you didn't even put it in the movie." Oh, totally. I could see you being like yeah. that too. So yeah, it, but, yeah. no, it's it's all perspective. It's all perspective. The point yeah, is yeah, consent, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But but uh, um, specifically the scene. Uh, I think it's the the crucifix scene. That scene. Um. Yeah, where the scene because she slaps her across the face and she goes flying, right? Right. Um, the scene where she that that scene where she goes flying, apparently that she like hurt her back and like bruised her tailbone. Um, Ouch. And like they actually used it in the film. That so that scene is her. So her mother. Yeah. Yeah. She actually gets quite hurt in that scene. Um. Jeez. Yeah. Well, it looks painful. Yeah. Exactly. It's a. It's not a fun scene for anyone apparently is that is that actually like the 12 year old slapping her um no is that actually linda blair slapping her? no okay it's not there is an actress because i was thinking like um i don't think she would have had the kind of strength to do that no at the time. there are there was a stand-in um right for the for linda blair for um i think i forget how it was worded but it was like this particularly profane and uh scenes that were not appropriate for her so i think they were talking oh, about yeah, I the can crucifix that, yeah. scene so yeah. they had a they had a, a stand in for for those right those specific scenes yeah yeah those those could have been traumatizing for a child yeah yeah, and I assume she wasn't allowed to go see the film. Yeah. Well, technically, it was R-rated, right? Yeah, well... we'll... You're, al- you're allowed to see it if accompanied by an adult. Yeah, and I think they, that scene is why a lot of people were upset that it wasn't X-rated. Yeah. I mean, I think I think this movie... I think R-rating is the right rating for this movie. I don't think it should have been rated any lower than that. Any lower would have been But correct. I don't necessarily think that it should be x-rated no i think r is fine yeah yeah 
but no lower than that. No, any lower in your yeah, you've made a huge fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The point is, what is the point? What the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, them uh, getting injured using a stand-in. Yeah, because she couldn't. Yeah. And the 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 woman who was a stand in actually was also played like the the like subliminal faces. Not actually subliminal, but the like, you know. That was the the faces that kind of flash on screen. Yeah. Yeah. She that yeah. was the same actress. Um Okay. So I have a feeling that like if those were on screen for more than just a flash, it would look not good. Agreed. It would look very bad. Yeah. It would look very bad. <clears throat> so apparently Freakin was a bit of a menace, as you can kind of... Yeah, what do you mean by a menace? <laughs> well, I think it was described as, like, hearkening back to the old-school style of directors, and I think they were specifically talking oh. about uh, 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 Hitchcock. Oh, okay, right. Um, so, specifically, in order to get a good... Uh, I did forget to mention this, but I'll, 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 I'll get right to it, sorry. Um, in order to get a good uh, solemn reading of the uh, the last rites scene, um, yeah. the guy who played O'Malley, um, or sorry, the guy who played that priest was a guy named O'Malley, and that guy was an actual priest, um, an actual oh. Catholic priest. So in order to get him in the zone... He's a good actor, by the way, for, for being a priest. For being a priest, yeah, he does a, he does a great job. Yeah. Um, but perhaps the reason he we get such a great performance out of him is because freaking slapped him across the face as hard as he could just before the shot. Yeah, and apparently, I, I can see that not going down well. And apparently not only that, before he slapped him, he was like, no, no, you can trust me. Like, trust me, trust me. Like, he, like, tried to prove that he could trust. So he didn't see it coming. Yeah, he slapped him in the face. Um, and... Apparently, some of the Catholic members of the crew were a little bit offended <laughs> that the director of the film slapped a priest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think slapping one of your actors in general is yeah, like, I you would, know, kind of not above board. I would be offended you know, if like... someone just slapped an actor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's definitely an extra like level to it. Oh uh, yeah, I guess if you're Catholic, like it's a. <laughs> A bit offensive to have a priest slapped. Yeah. My first thought is I would love to slap a priest, but a bad one. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that would just fall dead, and I said it anyway. That's on me. Um, Anyway, the uh, 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 allegedly goes on. Allegedly, Friedkin shot blanks into the air without warning, um, just to just to put people on edge. He uh he failed to alert uh Miller Jason Miller I think his name was I forget his first name already they f- failed to alert him that the vomit scene uh that it was gonna hit him in the face he told him it was just gonna hit him in the ch- in the chest uh incidentally it was pea soup that the vomit was made out of okay actually interesting that you bring this up because I was looking at it and I thought it was mustard like maybe like Dijon or something like that. Interesting. But pea soup actually makes more sense. It was too it's probably cheaper. It looked way too green. Maybe interesting to know note the. Well, color. I mean the lighting and everything. It's kind of hard to tell what color it is. Yeah, but this could be some different color differences on our televisions here. Some uh, enlightening, 
Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, pea soup shot directly into his face yeah. to get that reaction. Do you have how they shot him falling down the stairs? I assume oh, it was yeah, a dummy. Oh, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah. It was a stunt, man. Oh, okay. But, good job. And then they put, like, I think it was two inches of rubber padding on the stairs. Ah, I see. But And then he also insisted that they build the... Uh, the bedroom set he really wanted to get that uh, uh uh that breath you know that uh uh when they're in the yeah the you could so you could see them breathing because it's so cool yeah and it's you know a great mean? um yeah. device like it looks amazing um yeah but i was wondering how they did that um why well, yeah did they refrigerate the entire room? They did the whole that whole yeah. set that was in a. I, yeah, I've I've heard of like people doing shots like that before, and that's always what they do. Exactly, it's sick. Yeah. So they built that her room into a freezer, but you know it's the like like a big meat locker kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but because it's the early seventies, the lighting you know lights get hot, and it's a smaller room. Yeah, so they could only do it. They get. I mean, that has only actually really changed recently. Yeah, like that. That now we have lights that aren't as hot. Not like, but not like, like, yeah, definitely at the time. Like, and they'd still probably get hot, but I, I, who knows? They got so hot that they had to stop every three minutes because the freezer was yeah. like getting heating up. Yeah, yeah, that's annoying. So, yeah, I think it was a bit of a chaotic shoot. Shoot shooting because yeah. It, well, I mean, I think you know it's a chaotic movie. Yeah, because it, it comes across. It it lasted twice as long as uh as intended. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh as we said, we're we're glancing through it, so we're not gonna. Yeah, like uh, we are having to do two more of these movies, so I'm I apologize that you know, you know we're probably giving you know the best of the movies not enough time, and probably giving the lesser ones more than they deserve. Yeah, well, you know that's how it works. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to this movie one day, but. But yeah, but yeah, we're 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 hitting the peaks, moving through it. Yeah, we're hitting the peaks. Um, but yeah, so what should we move on to now? Uh, well, I think there's a couple things we want to say about the music. Right. Well, the music is an interesting situation. Do you wanna? Do you wanna uh, 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 just briefly give us a rundown on that? Because there's a lot of different music in it. Yeah. Okay. So mainly, I always. Like, think of the, you know, the main theme. Everybody knows that theme, right? Let me just play it for you right now. Oh, is that Halloween? 
Yeah, very similar to in mine. Yeah, yeah, I can never. I mean, they're both in like a weird time signature, right? <laughs> and anyway, but um, what was I gonna say? So that's actually that movie. That music has not was not written for this movie. No. No, in fact, that is uh, a nineteen um nineteen seventy three album by uh well nineteen seventy three, I, I, I it the okay it's an album but the entire album is actually one song. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like 1973, like prog rock album by this guy named Mike Oldfield. Yeah, and he was apparently a bit uh, dis. He wasn't displeased that they used it in the movie per se. I think he was just displeased that it was used in a creepy tone. I think he was like, "It's not creepy." Well, yeah, because if you listen to the rest of that, it's like so not creepy at all, which is the funny part. Yeah, yeah, it's just that first bit is creepy, and in that yeah. in the context of the exorcism, in- it's creepy. Yeah, so, like, a lot of people, like, I don't know. I mean, I would feel kind of weird if everybody, like, knew my music from that one snippet in a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. It would be weird. But, yeah. I mean, although the album was, like, very successful on its own. Like, I actually own a copy of the LP. Like, of course you do. So, apparently there was enough of them. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Um, yeah. Um, the director apparently said, he said uh, uh, something along the lines of, had he heard tangerine dream at the time he would have used that he would have used them for the soundtrack yeah so so that's the vibe he was going for okay i mean yeah i can see i think it would have been sick with a tangerine dream but yeah no i mean i think honestly like this is perfect yeah that's great that is great it works amazingly um and so that's not the only meaning there's a bunch of different uh kind of it's kind of eclectic yeah definitely uh, so, but, uh, the guy who actually did the music is Jack Nietzsche, right? Well, yeah, he did, like, a couple of original pieces, but, again, there's, he did, there's also some, some yeah. classical pieces in there as well. Yeah. So, it's kind of a, yeah, a whole... But, mishmash. uh, Jack Nietzsche was not, was not the original composer. So, originally, they were supposed to have, uh, a score for the movie done by Lalo Schifrin. Oh, right, 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 right. And I don't, I don't... I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's done some really famous pieces of music like Mission Impossible. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I I most know him for his amazing work on Rush Hour. <laughs> well, yes, um, absolute legend. Which is a fantastic score, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but so he did a a score for for the film that um, the executives said was too scary. Which is so sick. And I have it here if you want to hear it. You have the actual one? Because what what happened is he made a film later that people said were, or that was allegedly the same score. No, no, I have the rejected Exorcist score. Sick. It's too uh, scary. So this, is, this is allegedly too scary, so I don't know if you guys... Just, just prepare be, yourself. Be prepared. Lay, put your diapers prepare on. Yourself. Mine's ready. Exactly. Mine's, I'm, mine's ready to go.
Yeah, so that's that's the taste. I get it. <laughs> it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. A lot uh, of that was just fucking noise, shrill screaming noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get what that would be a bit much, you know. She's stabbing herself in the crotch with a crucifix, and and like it's going, like, yeah, oh! <laughs> like piercing like high strings all at their highest possible octave. Yeah, that could yeah. be a bit much. Apparently, Friedkin was also not a fan of this. Yeah, fair enough. I guess it's a bit. And allegedly, allegedly, he threw the tapes into the studio parking lot. Well, I heard he threw it into the trash in the parking lot. Okay. But similar, similar vibe. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't down. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess Lawrence friend, you know, uh, no knock on him. He he did he did well. Yeah. That was a that's a, that was very scary. Yeah. Just, just too scary. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to say? No, no, I think that's, I think I've covered all of that. So I think that brings us to our final good, real, big ol' segment before we close her up. All right, let me get my notes here. Oh, yes, well, you gotta have them, you gotta have them, because this is... Yeah, you gotta have them for this! Not talk about scary music. That's like fight to the death music. Yeah, it's definitely fight to death music. <laughs> All right, so we have this is Six Degrees of Star Trek. Welcome, where we try to find the connections between this film and Star Trek. And usually we uh, do it. Well, usually you do it. Always yeah, you do well, it. Well, we're gonna do it. Okay, we're gonna get it done here. Fuck yeah, all right. So now this can be any. Like, uh, this is like if an actor is in Star Trek and in this, uh, that is a one degree connection. Right. Or, you know, if they're in another thing with somebody who's been in Star Trek, then that's two steps. And so on and so right? forth down the so on and so forth list. Uh, so this can be any Star Trek sort of screen content, uh, basically. Right, right. And so we're going to start with, uh, with a one direct connection. Okay, what is the the one direct one connection? No, no, a one degree direct oh, connection. Oh, okay. We we have two direct connections. Oh, sick. Wow, two direct connections. Okay, who is it? Uh so firstly, we have Robert Simmons who in the film plays Dr. Taney. Is he I assume he's He's one of the fucking doctors. He, uh, and he's not an actual hey, wait, doctor. Wait, is he the... He's one of the doctors who's not an actual doctor. What do you mean, not an actual doctor? Because he's an actor who was in Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, well, right. Actually, is he, is he the main doctor? Is he the main doctor? Yeah. Um, Maybe. What was his name again? Uh, Robert Simmons. Robert Simmons is Dr. Tanny. Okay, because I'm seeing these pictures of him in the movie, but there's two doctors in the scene. <laughs> I don't know which one is that. Uh, well, they all look the fucking same to me. They all have fucking mustaches. Yeah, exactly. He definitely has a mustache. Yeah. Because there's another picture from another film where he has a mustache. Yeah. But I think it is the main doctor guy. 
Although he was in an episode of Quincy. So that's, you know. That's close. There's some doctoring in that. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Um, so, but what we do care about is that he was in an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. As Vedic Porta the Bajoran. in the episode A Session. Yes, he was a Bajoran. Um, what episode was this? Uh, oh, man, I mean, the emissary comes to the wormhole, says go to the yeah, blah, blah, blah. What season yeah. is it? It's four. Uh, oh, you found yeah, it. Yeah, season four, four season episode four, 17. Right? Episode 16. This says 17. What are you on? I'm not on the, the best source to be on. Are you on Netflix? No, I'm on Wikipedia. Oh. Okay, well. Sometimes it's confusing, because sometimes things air weird orders. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, okay. That's our first connection. When does it say the original air date is? Uh, 26, 1996. February, February 26th. That's what it says here, too. Yeah, well, no clue. Anyway, we'll... yeah. Sometimes it's going off uh, DVD ordering. Sometimes it's going off, um, you know, air date. Yeah, right? yeah. I tend to think that air date is what you should use, but sometimes they were aired out of order, so you can't really tell. Well, I would assume the DVD date is the one you should use, just because that's the one that they've like. That's how they've curated. No, it. sometimes there's like low effort DVD releases. They don't really give a shit. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, so the next guy here is John Mahon, or Man. I don't know. I guess it's... I think it's Man. It's unclear to me. M-A-H-O-N. I think that's just Man. Because that's McMahon, okay. how McMahon is spelled. It is. So, let's call him Man. <laughs> uh, he... Yes. Was in The Exorcist. He was the language lab director. So I believe he's the guy who's with Father Karras when they're listening to the tape. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is just English, but backwards. Right. Uh, and he. I thought he was a priest. Well, I mean, he could also be a priest. Okay, go on, go on. He was in an episode of Star Trek. But which episode? Which... In Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, no. So uh, I had a Mirror Darkly then. Part 2. He plays Admiral Gardner. Yeah, Admiral. This is a parallel universe episode. Oh, I love those kinds of episodes. Mirror universe episode, specifically, should I say. Because the Mirror Universe is a specific parallel universe. Yeah, it's a specific type of parallel universe. Well, no, it's always the same one in Star Trek. Oh. It's always the same Mirror Universe gotcha, throughout gotcha, the entire gotcha. series, right? Gotcha, gotcha. So. The final connection we have is the two degree. Okay. We start with Lee J. Cobb, uh, who in this film plays the detective. Yes. Who likes films. He likes movies. But he was in a 1974 episode of Gunsmoke with his very own daughter, Julie Cobb. Who is. Is Julie Cobb? Who? Somebody we know of. Well, she's been in Star Trek as Yeoman Leslie Thompson. Oh. In Star Trek, the original series, in the episode, um, was, it was, uh. Season two, episode 22. How did you find this? By any other name. (laughs) By any other name. How are you you looking this up so quickly? I'm a 
absolute legend when it comes to no but how's your phone how's your like um how's your computer loading that quickly <laughs> is what i'm confused about because your computer's legendarily trash but my internet is fine okay are you using your phone or something no that was just sometimes my internet is fine my like my, my browser is fine okay it's just if it has it's just wikipedia if it has to do any really heavy lifting it's just text yeah. So Yeoman Leslie Thompson, was she like uh was she like a the Chekhov love interest in that episode? I don't let's see. But she definitely gets vaporized. Or turned into the heck the the polygon or the thing and she gets yeah. She gets turned into like a sort of not a cube, but oh, like a sick dodecahedron type thing. And uh, what do they call it? A cubo cathedron, cubo cubo Wait, why are you saying that? That's what they call it. Do they? There's a Wikipedia page for it. For what? The specific shape? Oh, cubo cuboctahedron. Cubo cuboctahedron. Yeah, because it's like octa. Yeah, like eight. That's cool. Okay. It's also, I mean, it looks a lot like the shape of a D20. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Looks like a dice. Yeah. Or die. It looks a lot like a D20. It might not be the exact yeah. um, sides, though. Um, anyway, that was that was it. That's that's the three Star Trek connections. Fuck yeah. They're all in there. They're in there. They're all in there. Had to go through some random 1974 episode of Gunsmoke. Yeah, I don't even know what Gunsmoke is, to be honest. Oh, you don't? I don't think so. I mean, it's like it was one of those shows that was like it's a western. I was just gonna say, show, I assume right? it's about cowboys. It, it's yeah, it's it was like really popular in like the late sixties, early seventies. Classic, yeah. It, I've never really watched it, but like it, it pops up a lot, <laughs> and there's a lot of crossover with that in Star Trek. Makes sense. So if if I ever see that somebody's been in Gunsmoke, I always look at that. That's <laughs> you know uh, to go through it for some Trek. Yeah, if I see, yeah, if. If you see that somebody's, it's, it'll always be the, to the original series. If it, it's if it's yeah, guns, well, obviously. But like, um, yeah. Well, all right. That's um. Yeah. So that's that's that. Well, uh, for well, that's not that. Not quite. But... We'll we got to bring it back to the Exorcist finally. For our last this long long special episode that we're gonna give you three of, because yes. we love the Halloween season. We do. Um the spookiest of all seasons exactly uh some final thoughts about about this extremely spooky film that was released in december oh it was weird yeah they totally missed the season on that yeah i guess they didn't really think of it as like a halloween film but right but it's a halloween film i think it is now yeah um anyway uh yeah so it's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> uh, a little bit long. Yeah. Some stuff could be cut out. Yeah. Pretty disturbing. The exposition's a bit much. I think there's too much of the priest, Karis, exposition. I don't think we need as much about him. You don't think we need all that? Well, I think... I don't think we need as much, like, time spent on it, but I think we need that information. No, yeah, sure, the information should be there, yeah. but we don't... But I think it's just like, it's kind of not the most efficiently delivered. Yeah, I don't need as many shots of him looking like 
you know, like questioningly into the distance. <laughs> yeah. Like while well, he thinks about his faith. Like, yeah, I get yeah. it. He's questioning his faith. His like, mother. we could have just had, like, yeah. one scene with his mother and then the scene in the bar where he says he's questioning his faith. Like, that's yeah. it. Anyway, that's, it's good. Other than, than these minor details, it is uh, extremely effective at being a spooky movie. And it is, like, you know, it's that movie that, like, absolutely put uh, horror movies into, uh, the yeah yeah actually we should talk about that a little bit because this uh this movie won an academy award for yeah best screenplay yeah exactly which is like unheard of for a spooky movie definitely um and is still other than get out <laughs> um what oh yeah generally yeah horror movies still don't tend to win yeah it's one sp- same oscar too best screenplay i think we may have uh, act- it was nominated for a couple other things though yeah uh, yeah. Well, so, uh, it was nominated for best. It was sound. the first horror movie to be nominated for best picture. Yeah, which is cool. And this is it. It 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 did. It was a good movie. So it it won best sound and best adapted screen. Yeah, and I believe um, what's her name? Oh, so that's not the same. That's not the same Oscar that Get Out won. Oh, Get Out won adapted screenplay, didn't it? Or no, it won original. original right, right, right. Forgot about that. So, yeah, wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. Um, and then the uh, uh, what's her name, Blair, Linda Linda Blair Blair was nominated. Um, she grew up to be not a very good actress, though. So it's probably good that she didn't win. Yeah, I don't really know much about what she was in. She was in an episode, except for The Exorcist Two, which we're going to talk talk about about next week. That's a great place to (laughs) to to close it off because. Apparently yeah. she's in the well, we'll be too. back. We'll be back. We've already peaked, but we'll be back with more. Well, well, you know, but that's the thing is we have to, the movie did all the heavy lifting this week. Next week, we're going to have to do the heavy lifting. Exactly. So, and it's just going to get exactly. more and more like that. So it'll be a fun experiment. But yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you next week with more. Okay, wait. Uh, so yeah, there will not be a part two about the Exorcist part one. Oh, yes. Sorry. There will not be a part two about Exorcist 1, but there will be Exorcist 2. Yes, we will continue this. And Exorcist 3. Yeah, we're continuing this theme, but not the same movie. So it's a series, but not exactly how we normally do it. Exactly. Okay. So with that, I will play us out with some Michael Bill. Yeah, exactly.